Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 23. In this episode, we are covering chapters 14, 15, and 16 from the book Ruin and Rising. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi savayenyi, casters. Hi, y'all. We'd like to thank our listeners this week in Fort Worth, Texas. And Zagreb, Croatia. And the Villages, Florida. Woohoo! Thanks, y'all. Hey, peeps. So It's fun to see where our listeners are. Absolutely. So we keep looking at the map every week and just kind of like picking out new places because there's so many places. and It's, it's just, so exciting and we're so thankful. It really is. So I hope you guys like when you hear your city, you're just getting excited because we we're talking about you. We sure are. Yeah, we see you on our map. So, um, real quickly, um, we are a week late on this episode. Episode 23 did get released last Friday, but because of some technical difficulties, it got taken down. We just, um, we, we want things to be perfect, and there were some things in it that we just didn't want in there. So, anyways... If you were one of the very few people that heard it, then that was like a unicorn or a gem because you're the only ones that heard it because we took it down. And 20 years from now, you can say that you were one of those. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it it got taken down pretty quickly afterwards, and we are re-recording that now. So um, yeah, so here we are covering those chapters again, but... um. Without any problems. So, and we've washed our hands. We have. Got We're being a, safe. Yeah. So, if you've been just like going crazy at that, just washing your hands all the time. There's and, only three of us in here. And yeah. I have a wall between us. We do. We have a wall between us and the producer. So, we are being safe and we are following all of the guidelines. Yeah. And I think last time we spoke, you and I both were working. So, let's. Fill in everybody. Yes. Um, Friday. Yeah. Where are you at now? Friday um, afternoon, I got the call um, saying, pack your stuff up. I had just a few hours to grab everything that I needed to work from home. Um, so I grabbed some supplies and a few little, you know, quick guides that you always look up while you're doing your work. And I uh, put it in a box. Your Rolodex. My little Rolodex. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I um I left, and it was weird. Um, wow. It was a very strange feeling. It was almost like I was abandoning ship, you know, yeah. like you're waving goodbye. It was it was just a very odd feeling. Um, working from home is weird. Did they do that in the morning or the afternoon? Like, how? when did they let it you know It was around that? noon. Okay. So and then we were all out by three. Wow. Okay. So um, no one is allowed in the building. Um, yep. We just have, like, security there to make sure the building is safe and everything inside is safe. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, we're all working from home and trying to adjust to that. I bet. Um, it is interesting having kids at home and having to make phone calls and answering calls from students because, you know, the Ooh. students are scared, too. Absolutely. Um, so they need some guidance and trying to work through that while also telling my children to, you know, turn your game down, be quiet, stop yelling. Um, it's a lot. I feel like I have Tourette's while I'm talking to my <laughs> students. Like, shut up. Ah. Um, <laughs> Girl, I get it. But uh, but it's 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 been nice to be home. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's all. It's it's always nice to have that comfort of being in your own home. I feel so. like I get more done. 
Yeah. Because there's less distractions, really. I know the kids are distracting, but, um, you know, I feel like I, I don't have as many people coming in and, hey, how's it going? Well, yeah. So that's good that you're one of those type of people because there's some people that can't do that. Some people I know, like, have to get out and be in the office to be able to get their work done. They couldn't do it at yes. home. So, but. um. And I feel really bad for the extroverts out there, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I always thought I was one. I used to think that I was. But the older I get. <laughs> no. Yeah. Because um, I am an ENFP, and um, I don't think I am an extrovert so much. Oh, yeah. See, I thought I was, and the older I get, I'm perfectly fine. I think I'm in between. I'm a good mix, I think. Yeah. Um, I I like to be around people, but I also really need that time away from people to... Absolutely. To regenerate myself um, because it just gets to be too much. Um, the little uh, type there, I have tried to take that quiz several times and yeah. it changes every time, um, which apparently isn't a good thing, according to the psychologist. Um. <laughs> well, the last time I like I took that in my college psychology class. Mm-hmm. So like it was like not saying the ones online are like fake, but it was like it was the real deal. The real one. Like, I mean, we we got it. And like, I don't. I don't know. It it seemed to match me then, but I mean, I was I wasn't even like twenty one then. Oh yeah, it's so probably changed by now. I was definitely I could see myself as an extrovert then. It's just like I think as I've grown up, that's changed. I do know my enneagram type, <clears throat> and I'm a type seven. You're what? I'm my enneagram type. You have to do that, girl. It's so much fun. Um, there's like different types, and you they give you a number. It's like one through nine, <clears throat> and um, each type it's. It, it was it was really really strange for me because it, it it's the only thing that has ever really pinpointed me. By like, the way, I'm looking at her with crazy <laughs> eyes because I am so confused. I have no clue what she's talking about. It's like another personality type quiz. Okay. Um, and it's you take your take a little quiz and it gives you a number and that number has certain traits and characteristics. Um, okay. And never in my life has anything been so accurate. Huh. So if anybody knows about Enneagrams and you know what a type 7 is, that's me. Hello. Nice to meet you. What's the range? 1 through 9. Okay. So there's not... Okay. So it's not like a lot. So, I mean, you're just kind of like, okay, that's interesting. It is interesting. And then there's lots of like YouTube videos where they do little parodies of like the Enneagram types out shopping, the Enneagram types in a coronavirus quarantine. So it's kind of fun to like... To see your personality. Yeah, for it. sure. So you'll have to take it and you'll have to let us know. I will. Where? So where did did you take yours? Like on Facebook? Online. Okay, just online? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will definitely have to find that and figure that out. Because I remember when I was growing up, I had this um, huge book. Um, and because I loved astrology, I just always thought it was interesting. Um, not that I believed completely in yeah. all the stuff about it, but... So my birthday's on December 24th. So to some people, that's just a straight-up Capricorn. But to in some books, it's a cusp. I'm on the week of the cusp where, like, I'd be a Sagittarius and a Capricorn. And I'm supposedly, I guess, like, at the very last day of the cusp. And um, our Capricorn. Okay, so you don't believe in the cusps? or Just because I know you. <laughs> well, so... What's weird, I remember when I read, like, the traits of both, um, I totally see myself as a Capricorn, but I also 
at that time, I haven't thought about it in a long time, but I remember looking at a Sagittarius and kind of almost at that time thinking, I present myself to some people as a Sagittarius. And what I mean by that is more like people that I didn't know. I was more like, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but this was a long time ago. So who knows? <laughs> I'd have to look it up. But um, supposedly, it just depends on whether you believe in the cusp or not. Mm. Um, but I was on the very last day of the cusp and um, whatever. So, but hey, where I am, let's, um, so with my work, last time we talked, I was still working. We had um, the public coming in. I um because I work for the court system. Yeah. I work at a wit uh, at a window, so people are coming and asking me lots of questions about their court dates and what's going on in court, and also paying me their money for their fines and whatever. Yeah, lots of lots of public. We we deal with a lot of public. Um, there's only three of us at the window. Sometimes four if it gets really busy, and I have a permanent spot there. So um. We were kind of scared because, like, I mean, there's just a lot of people coming in. And not to be rude, but, I mean, if you're in the court system, I mean, there are a lot of nice people and people that have been, like, screwed over that come in there. But you're also dealing with people that pretty much are criminals. Um, some Like, I mean, that are – you you deal with some people that just are not trying to get their self back together and just, like you can tell, just don't really care. Um and um, so anyways, we were worried um, because we handle so much money and it's just the public was coming in and out. So at one point, um, when it first started, my husband was like, okay, so here's your san- hand sanitizer after every single customer, use your hand sanitizer. Yeah. And I was doing that. I was That was great. And that was perfect. Until then, my boss came in and was like, okay, the front now has to wear these gloves. And that's what you need to wear. The problem with that is, is that was worse than what I was yeah, doing. Because it's totally worse. Unless you change them between every single exactly. person. So, yeah. So we had to wear these gloves, which was actually making it completely worse. Yeah. So, um, anyways, back to the story. So then they closed down the courts, but still had the public coming in because you still had the people that had to pay on their fines or wanted to evict someone or whatever. Oh, so, I need a buzzer system so the, from the outside. <laughs> yeah, so the courts were closed, but you still were having all the people coming in. So we were still really busy. Then as of this past Thursday, they officially locked the doors. And it is just our staff that is inside. So my office is still full, but we don't have anybody from the outside coming in to try to pay anything. Then this week on on Monday, our boss came in and said, we're doing a skeleton crew. And what that is, is half of us will be working Monday, Wednesday, and Friday one week. And then the next week, you would be working Tuesday and Thursday and back and forth. And that day they got us our schedule. So this week I uh, I worked Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So next week I work Tuesday and Thursday. And truthfully, I am loving it. <laughs> well, because you're not actually working from home, like you're you're not yeah, sitting I'm not having to bring like anything. I am. You're not sitting from eight to five. 
still trying actually, to work. Actually, like taking calls and emails and all that stuff. Oh, and the best thing, I'm getting paid for all of this. Yeah, that's even, amazing. Even on the days that I'm not working, they're paying us. So, um, but it's a government job that I, um, I really love. And so anyways, finally, I'm just happy that like, we don't have the public. So I'm just trying to stay as far away as possible. And I'm glad you're home. Yes. I know you're working, but like doing what you got to do. I feel better being at home for sure. Yes. That is so important. So, um, anyways, that is where we are kids. I hope you all are safe. I don't know your situation. Um, I know that a lot of, depending on where you live, some states are shut down, some businesses are completely shut down, and some places are still open. Um, But I am going to say, like, please be careful out there. I saw some pictures on Facebook of people hanging out at a bar, like, hugging on, like, girls and just drinking these beers and, like, just having a good old time and maybe it's none of my business but like they told us to in order for us to protect ourselves and one another social distancing and you need to pretty much quarantine yourself yeah and stay inside um so i don't know it really bugged me seeing the people out there that are just like concerned about themselves and they say oh well i'm not gonna get it that's not the point. The point is that you should make it, effort. Exactly. You should think about other people. And if cuz if you don't get it, you might give it to somebody else. Like my dad, my dad is 80 years old. If he caught it, he will not survive. I hate being that vulgar, but it's the absolute truth. Yeah. He does not have an immune system that would be able to survive it. So And he's survived a lot. So it's scary. Exactly. So Anyways, this what, is what I'm really thinking about. What fascinates me about this show is that it's recorded and then put on the internet. So, you know, two years from now, three years from now, uh, uh, someone will pull up the show and start reading these books and be like, what are they talking about? Quarantines <laughs> and stuff, you know? Well, we have our little place in history. Yeah. Google COVID 19, folks. <laughs> exactly. If there is a Google still. Yeah. Ooh. Google uh, went down today. Everything I do is Google <laughs> yes, based and I could I not get that. my documents and my cal- and I'm a I'm avid with doing calendaring. Um Eric has his happy planner. I have Google Calendar <laughs> and my entire life is on my Google Calendar. Well, that's what all the schools are using. Yeah. And I couldn't get to it for Mm-mm. five minutes and I was lost. Exactly. Oh wow. I But also I also want to say like thank you to all the essential workers. Yes. Everyone on the front lines. But also everyone at like pharmacies and, um, and grocery stores. And yep. like we appreciate you guys so much. Yes. People are being ugly to grocery store workers right now. Which is horrible. Um, yeah. it's And I think the biggest challenge, in my opinion, with this virus is is what it's doing to people. And, and what I mean by that is personality. The hoarding, the, you know, stealing stuff from people's carts. It's really making people... Um, angry and upset and and ugly to each other and in a world where we need to be kind to each other every day especially right now um it's kind of sad to see absolutely and especially here because we just saw the destruction of the tornadoes a week before this and when that happened everybody came together everybody was helping one another out and we're all like, yes, we're the volunteer state, and that's what we do. When tragedy happens, we help each other out. Okay, fast forward a week, 
or two later, and here we are just fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> yep, and there's no meat at the counter because you can't get, like, that's the thing. Like, I, when I've gone shopping, I I get what I need, but I am not overloading. I will not, I will not get the last thing of something. Like, if there's two, I will get one. Um, I am trying to be respectful of other people and I'm not hoarding like other people. Um, it's just crazy. It really is. And it's really scary to know that this is how we react. This is who we are in tragedy. And we shop, I mean, you and I shop for a week at a time. We do, we're, you know, every Sunday we get groceries. And so, Mm You know, the, the the last time I got groceries, um, when that week was out, there's nothing left for people that buy a week at a time because people are buying for a month. Yeah. On Friday, my um boss actually let me know that there was uh, meat over at the grocery store across the street. And just she didn't even let she was like, don't clock out. Just go get it because she knew I needed it because I needed to make it for um, I need it for me. But also I needed it for Lucy's um dog food. I was out and it's just like. I don't know. I'm glad there are some people that are, we're looking out for one another, but it's just crazy. This is really crazy times. It is. Um, I wonder if we're going to be in the history books over this one. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, that has been a very long intro, which is great <laughs> because I'm glad that we all got to, um, you know, share where we are. Um, and again, I hope, please, like I hope wherever you are that you are okay and healthy and please do whatever your state country is suggesting that you do to keep yourself safe and your neighbors. And if there is anything like that you need, um, I don't know how much we can do, but I mean, I don't know. Um, you know where to find us, Instagram, emails, things like that. Um, we are, I would like to be able to help as many people as possible if I could. So, um, Anyways, if you are in, like, a really bad situation um, and need something, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I can't promise I can do everything, but um, I would love to be able to help as much as I could. So, anyways. More importantly, be kind to each other because this is how we will be judged years from now. Yeah, and this isn't going away tomorrow either, by the way. And also, don't be shocked. Three years from now, you get an email for someone asking for toilet paper because they're just now listening to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah i do run, wonder how long this is gonna happen i know that our courts are closed down till the end of april mm-hmm. right now so um who knows but um the great thing is we have this and i hope this is something that can help you get through these rough times by being able to plug in and listen to your iTunes or Spotify or whatever and listen to your podcast and get into your book and, you know, escape because that is what reading is all about for me. It's escaping reality and what a better place to do it than the Grishaverse, especially when we are where we are. Oh, my God. We are we're in some good places right now. So, um, okay, so let's dive on in. Chapter 14. Um So, the next day, they all can feel that the firebird is near, and after a long day of hiking, Alina feels that everyone is getting kind of frustrated because, you know, 
there's not really many signs. They don't see a firebird. They've been looking for this thing forever. It's all been just like, it's all been myth, truthfully. They haven't had any proof that this firebird really is anywhere. I mean, they see the bones at the bottom of that, but I mean, at the same time, like, you know, it's just a story still. Yeah, to them, it's all down one mountain and up the next over and over, and that's all they can think about. Yeah, and they're told that this one thing is what's going to rescue them. Yes. Which is, like, not even, like, there's no proof about. So, anyways. No. So, we go on. Alina tells everyone to pretty much set up camp while um, she just, she feels frustrated. And Alina wants some alone time, which I get that. Oh, yes. I, I do. So, she went off into the woods. Um, but, of course, who comes behind her? Mal. Um, and... He stays with her. He also tells her how he used to see soldiers do the same thing um, that she's doing right now, pretty much holding in her grief and pain. And we know that. We know what this is. We know what this is. What happens when you do that? When you hold everything in, emotions, feelings, you explode. Yeah, you might hold and it we in. we don't need our sun summer to explode. <laughs> no, definitely not. So... He's trying to convince her that, you know, instead of running away and being alone, you can't forget that your crew also is dealing with the same stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're mourning and dealing with the same stuff. So you need to go and be with them to um, mourn with them. And unfortunately, she she only feels that the Darkling is the one that understands her. So she still is putting herself in a group where since she's got that tether with him and that they've got these powers that, I mean, she just, um, which I understand. I mean, she. Yeah, even though there's other Grisha there, right. they don't, they're, they're not as powerful right? And as she, she and the Darkling are. And also, like, I mean, the other Grisha have other people in their order. There yes. are no other exactly. Sun Summoners right now. So, I mean, she really is alone. So, um, anyways, that's going to bring us right on into scene one, um, where Terry's going to be playing Alina, and I'm going to be playing Mal. So, uh, get ready. So, curtain up. It's not that easy, I said. I'm not like them. I'm not like anyone. I hesitated, then added... Except him. You're nothing like the Darkling. I am, even if you don't want to see it. Mal raised a brow. Because he's powerful and dangerous and eternal? He gave a rueful laugh. Tell me something. Would the Darkling ever have forgiven Jenya, or Tolia and Tamar, or Zoya, or me? It's different for us, I said. Harder to trust. I have news for you, Alina. That's tough for everyone. You don't. I know, I know. I don't get it. I just know there's no way to live without pain, no matter how long or short your life is. People let you down. You get hurt and you do damage in return. But what the Darkling did to Jenya, to Bagra, what he tried to do to you with that collar, that's weakness. That's a man afraid. He peered out at the valley. I may never be able to understand what it is to live with your power, but I know you're better than that, and they all know it too. He said with a nod back to where the others had gone to make camp. That's why we're here, fighting beside you. That's why Zoya and Harshaw will want, will whine all night, but tomorrow they'll stay. 
Think so? He nodded. We'll eat, we'll sleep, and then we see what what happens next. I sighed. Just keep going. He laid a hand on my shoulder. You move forward, and when you falter, you get up. And when you can't, you let us carry you. You let me carry you. He dropped his hand. Don't stay out here too long, he said, then turned and strode back over the plateau. End scene. So, that was a nice little scene of giving us some information about, you know, how Mal's feeling about everything. Trying to get Lena to really just, you know, get it together, girl. And don't get so down. Stop comparing yourself to the Darkling. Yeah, and you... You've got a lot of people that are with you. I mean, just in your corner. So just as Alina is starting to feel a little bit better um, after that little talk. Surprise. Swoosh. Yes, swoosh. (laughs) It literally is. It's a swoosh because the firebird appears. And this firebird... From the description, is massive. Huge. It's a big bird. It's a big bird. With golden flames on its wings. Yeah, it, it's huge. So um, no missing this thing. No. So it must just be really good at hiding. It has to be. <laughs> because, I mean, it's a big a bird. A big fiery bird. All Damn. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just, it's a big, big, it's a big bird. She like, says it was big enough to take her arm off in a single bite. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. That's, yeah. Whew. Don't know how you guys missed that. Yeah, or or where this bird is hiding no. is what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, it must have a huge nest. Have you ever seen that? What's that Disney? Oh my god, I love that Disney movie. It's an older one. Um, it's the second of the Adventures Down Under. It's like based in Australia. I don't think so. You never saw that no, one? I guess there's not. this Oh my gosh, there's like this huge eagle and oh my gosh, if you you have to watch it. Okay. You have Disney Plus, yes. right? Okay. Watch it. It's okay. so good. I watched it many times. Anyways. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna imagine that bird as the firebird because it seems like that big. Um so anyways, as Alina tries to steady herself, um, because she wants to try to obviously the firebird's there. So her first thought is maybe I can use the cut, you know, um, to try to get the firebird. Um, but the but bir- she completely loses her footing. Yep. The bird attacks Alina and pretty much like, I mean, she's just stumbling all over her feet um, because I'm guessing she's on like a pretty like it's like an edge. And I'm guessing it, it might be slanted or whatever. It's just not easy to have your footing, like have good footing on it. But um she, the bird swoops down and she pretty much like just falls off the cliff. And luckily, Mal, who's right there, like just grabs her, like as she's like in the air about to fall off. And in that very instance. So, this is where it gets interesting and it's cool because one, she was just about to die. <laughs> we got to remember that. And he just grabs her arm. And then all of a sudden, there is a feeling that she cannot even explain. And I'd like to go back and remember, like, it was a long time ago. It was not even in Ruin and Rising. I think it was in, I think it was in our, like, the second book. I think it, 
I think it was in Siege and Storm, where they were together and there was this shock that happened. Yeah. And I remember, like, freaking out about it, like, over the mic. But then also at the same time, I remembered, fuck, Terry hasn't read these books. I can't talk about this. And I was just like, shut up, Eric. Shut up. <laughs> because there's little hints of things like this throughout it. Um, they're very small. But um, so you go ahead and tell us, what is Mal? <laughs> like I called it. Yes, she did. I have the text message to prove it. Yeah, Thank she texted me. She texted me after she, like, when I was talking about, like, back in Siege and Storm, when she read that part where they had that shot go on, she texted me and said, I'm calling it. I <laughs> think. Is the third amplifier. Yep. And then she also said, do not answer this text. Yes, don't answer me. I just want it written down so that I can say that I knew it. And guess what, y'all? I knew it. So I did not say a thing. So um, when I read this part, I texted him with all caps. <laughs> I knew it. And you know what's so funny <laughs> is the day before you and I were talking about how we just really wanted to go home. Yes. <laughs> so like at first when I saw your text, I thought like something had happened where like the whole world had shut down and we all had to go <laughs> we're home. We're going home. Like that. Seriously, that's what I thought happened. <laughs> and then, like, I understood what your text was. I was, like, excited for you. But, but no, I, I was, like, Damn. more importantly, Mal's the third amplifier. Yes, which is huge. That's the most important part here. It is. <laughs> and there's a lot that has to be explained. I can imagine, like, <clears throat> in a movie-type situation, that would be where it's this huge crescendo of music and just, ah, because that is a lot. You're almost dying, grabs you, and this huge miraculous thing happens. But also, like... There's a lot of explaining that has to be done because, I mean, when you like when you first read that Mal's the amplifier, like, I don't know. To me, I was just like, OK, there's I, I need a lot more information because, I mean, how? Just, yeah, exactly. Why? Exactly. When? Right. There's just so much. So um, anyways, I did love this part because. As you know, I'm the big geek that loves anything that Lee writes about the power, so the way she wrote it. So here's the quote. The jolt slammed through us at the same time. The same crackling shot shock we'd felt that night in the woods near the banya. He flinched. This time we had no choice but to hold tight. Our eyes met and power surged between us, bright and inevitable. I had the sense of a door swinging open, and all I wanted was to step through. This taste of perfect, gleaming elation was nothing compared to what lay on the other side. I forgot where I was, forgot everything but the need to cross that threshold to claim that power and with that hunger came horrible understanding no i thought desperately not this but it was too late i knew mal gritted his teeth i felt his grip go even tighter my bones rubbed together the burn of power was almost unendurable a dull whine that filled my head my heart beat so hard i thought i might not survive it i needed to walk through that door end quote so cool that she describes having meeting like I, I, Mal's power being like the amplifier as like walking through a door to get that power, you know. And never once do they actually say in that little piece there, Mal is the third amplifier. No, Just it, she wrote it in a way 
so that we know, mm-hmm. but you don't have to say it like word for word, which I thought was kind of cool. But for y'all dummies, <laughs> further on, it tells you. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, they do say it. But yeah, she always, like when she, whenever it has anything to do with her power growing or whatever, there's always an answer. Mm-hmm. There's always something where she says that she has to answer it or walk through it or pull for it or so it's the same the same language. Yeah, and I think what's cool is like so she's had the darkling before with his power, but she hasn't always been like it's not it hasn't been this situation. Like this is a totally different situation. This is life and death for instance for her. She has to hold on to like i mean mal has hold of her she cannot let go he's got to hold on to her Mm -hmm. so like i mean the power that's going on i mean they can't let go i mean so she's feeling all of it so when they feel that that slight little jolt before and they could bounce back like you know what yeah like you can't do that that now no they have to go through this but also (laughs) i just thought about this he's been there the whole time Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the which, third amplifier's been there the whole time. Which is not a coincidence. I'm sorry. That's not. No. But like, uh, that that yep. started frustrating me as I read it too. But I was like, oh my goodness. How come that didn't frustrate them? That like they've been going on like this whole big thing. But like the answer has literally been there the whole time. And they're searching this damn bird. Yes. So one thing that, um, real quickly, moving on for just a little bit, the Firebird gets ready to attack Mal and Alina, and then it stops. And it stops because Mal says the Firebird knows that we're, we weren't going to try to kill it anymore, which I thought was really cool because Mal has this, as we know, he's a tracker, but he's got this huge connection to nature. So, like, I just thought that was neat that the Firebird was attacking them because it knew they were trying to kill it. And then the moment, that thought, that instant, that all of a sudden they realized Mal was the amplifier. They didn't need the Firebird. The Firebird was like, okay, peace out. I'm going to go fly away. (laughs) Go wherever the hell I fly and hide because I'm so massive. I don't know where I hide, but I'm going to go. Maybe that's how it survived this whole time. Like, it's not going to, like, really pick a fight because it doesn't want to die. Yeah. Good. But, yes, the connection with Mal and... Yeah, so, interesting. So, Mal is our third amplifier, and the Firebird stopped because, obviously, I mean, I just said that. I don't know why I've got that. I have that note in here twice, guys. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to cut that out. Um, So, anyways, they make camp, and Alina goes through everything in her mind okay so we got to remember everybody's back at camp what happened what happened what happened yep and (laughs) i got a lit well i got a quote i was about to say a little bit of a quote but it's kind of a little bit of a long one but it's got some info in it so here's the quote and yet when i look back the pattern seemed clear the first time i'd used my power had been when mal laid dying in my arms we'd searched for the stag for weeks but we'd found it after our first kiss. When the sea whip ha- had revealed itself, I'd been standing in the circle of his arms, close to him for the first time since we'd been forced aboard the Darkling ship. The amplifiers wanted to be brought together, and hadn't our lives been bound from the first? By war? By abandonment? Maybe by something more? 
it couldn't be chance that we'd been born into neighboring villages, that we'd survived the war that had taken both of our families, that we'd both ended up in Karamzin. Was this the truth behind Mal's gift for tracking, that he was somehow tied to everything, to the making at the heart of the world? Not a Grisha and no ordinary amplifier, but something else entirely. I am become a blade, a weapon to be used. How right he'd been. I covered my face with my hands. I wanted to blot out this knowledge, carve it from my skull, because I hungered for the power that lay beyond that golden door, desired it with a kind of pure and aching fever that made me want to tear at my skin. The price for that power would be Mal's life. End quote. So... Boom, y'all. <laughs> and I'm the dark person that says, kill him. Kill him now. Do it now. Let's it's, go. It's a lot of info <laughs> up in there. Well, because it's explaining everything. I yes. mean, And it's just crazy to know that, like, I mean, people have been complaining about Mal this whole time. Sorry. But here we go, y'all. I mean, he's got a pretty yeah, but big... but here's our chance to kill him. True. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my thought when I read through it. I was like, all right. Okay, so kill him. Lord. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know, because it's me. Um, but I I know they love each other. Well, and not only that, it's just it's a just take aside the fact that it's Mal, but it's just another human life. Yes. Like yes. not saying that like that it should be different for an animal, but like it's another human life. Yes, it yes. And it's it happens to also be someone that's trying to help them. That's been without him, they wouldn't have found the other amplifiers. Well, Tri- the amplifiers were made. They were. So they weren't, it wasn't like a helpless animal that was just like born into the world. They were actually made for this purpose. Well, right, but. And so now we have this guy. Well, yeah, but Mal had to track him down mm-hmm. because they were like, no one could find, like in the first one, no one could find the stag. And that's why he could. Exactly. Because, because he's he got that. Kind of made of the same thing. Yeah. And like calls to like. And everybody's like, he's just such an amazing tracker. But like, he has just this connection mm-hmm. to the world. I love the line. Um, Oh my God. It's just um, pretty much that. Uh, I can't find it now, but. They use it a lot in here where um, you pretty much are just part of the world or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Any The heart of the world. Heart of the world. They use that a lot. Um, like the making of the heart of the world. Mm-hmm. I remember them talking about that with the Darkling. And it kind of confuses me a little bit because, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, what do you get from that, for instance? Um, Not to put you on the spot, but, I mean, when they say, like, I wish I could go back and say, like, for the first time, um, I wonder if I could. Oh, I don't have my, if I had my Kindle, I could type it in and it'd show me the making of the heart of the world and it'd say the first time that it was said. But, like, I feel like it was pretty much explaining the beginning of their world, right? Or am I? Um, Maybe it's like uh, because Moritzova was this powerful Grisha, but it was a different time. Yeah. So once his time was done and the whole Grisha universe changed after that point, maybe mm-hmm. that's the new world for the Grisha. 
Okay. And so the making at the heart of the world, um, because they all know these stories and their whole world kind of revolves around these stories and these lessons. Um, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's uh, because that's a, uh, that, was, that was a whole different world when Moritzova's stuff was going on. Yeah, because Bagra brings it up a lot. She brings it up a lot when she's talking about her husband, Moritzova. And um, it's just brought up. Like, I mean, that one, like that, those few words are like, I just, I've realized that in this reread. Um, and maybe next time I reread it, I'll um, do a little bit more studying into it and seeing really what it means. But I, I finally noticed it only takes you like, I mean, <laughs> me like thousands of times to read a book to like see connections. That's how it happens. Anyways, moving on back into the Grisha verse. Uh, so Alina tells everybody the story of Bagra killing her sister. Old news for us, right? Um, also how Mortsova brought her sister back to life using Merzost, mm-hmm. which is not Grisha power. That is the unforbidden magic. Um, and um, so this is news to all to their group. Yes. Um, same technique he used to make the first two amplifiers. And didn't make the third because he used up all his power bringing his daughter back to life. So that explains why the Firebird is not an amplifier. Because I guess he just didn't have enough power anymore. Yeah, so the same power he used to create the amplifiers he used to bring his daughter back. And it was all he had left of that power to give to her. So that's just so interesting to me because I don't feel like I've ever heard it once being like there was a certain amount of it. Right? Like, I didn't know there was, like, no. like a gallon of it or something. Like, so I thought it was just, like, a power that you had. So hearing that, like, he didn't have enough, he used the last of it to bring back. But maybe also another thing is um, bringing back a life is a huge thing. Yes. Like, I mean, that's. That destroys the balance of life and death. Yeah. I mean, that goes against everything. So maybe, um, I don't know, there's a lot left unsaid and maybe there's a lot in our books we just haven't all read them so you listeners don't chew us to bits we're (laughs) we're getting there um but if you do have a suggestion do um let us know like what book or what chapter or whatever don't don't spoil it for us because we'd love to read it but um give us a hint of where that is um again we are just like we just love this stuff. Um, we are not experts, but we are just having fun going through this. So we're going to say things that aren't true or things that are mistakes. We're going to make just, speculations. Exactly. And, like, if I say something wrong, then, I mean, don't call me out on Twitter or anything. I mean, just, you know, it was a mistake. You can always be like, well, hey, baby darling, Eric, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I need you to coddle me a little bit and just be like, I'm sorry, but you said this wrong. Um, don't be like, well... Uh, anyways, I just be, I just think people are so rude online. None of, n- none of you guys are though. Oh no. Thank God. We have a fandom that you guys are all like actually really cool and nice. So anyways, back into the Grisha verse. So yeah, Alina thought it was her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that ruins that. Yes. Alina thought that she was related to Mortsova, which I'm sure truthfully, Alina has been having like a little chip on her shoulder recently thinking that she's, um, I think she has yes. at least being like, I'm related to Mort Sova. Well, sorry it about it, you. honey. Nope, it's Mal, the quiet, humble guy. <laughs> yep. 
not you. Um, so the daughter must have survived, obviously, being thrown in the water and passed down her her father's power through her family line till I guess it just ended up yeah. coming to Mal, which is kind of cool um, because, I mean, it's just neat to see that stuff. It's, it's neat to know that that can be transferred. Yes. Um, it reminds me a lot of Harry Potter just because, I mean, of magic and how that is in the, the Potter world. Um, how there's pure bloods and then there's also like there's there's squibs which are like um children that like their parents don't have i'm sorry i had it backwards um they have no magic at all but their parents like both do (laughs) or or it's like hermione who has like two um two parents that do not have any magic at all but she is like the smartest person in her class so it's just like I love I love it when we get into these stories and you learn more about like the magic um line, like just how it travels through families and because there's no explanation for it. Right. Um and there's a lot of things like that. I think it teaches us a lot in this world because um um especially with like homosexuality, you know? It's not um something that like can be shown or proven is in a family tree, I mean, it sometimes it looks like it, but like it's not. Like, I mean, you you never know. Like, I mean, my brother, my brother's ten years older than I am, and he's gay, but nobody else in our family is. And um, other things you know of, right? Not that you <laughs> not not that you know of. And then there's also like groups of um, twins where one person is gay and the other isn't. Yeah. Um, and. Then another thing I can think about is, like, people that are either, like, have addiction or alcoholic issues. Um, it, sometimes that runs in families, um, and sometimes it doesn't. Yes. It's just so interesting. When I, I'm bringing this up just because I think it's interesting to see what can and, like, what can go down a family line and what can't. And truthfully, there's um, – it's just so interesting. It's fascinating to me. I did, um, did you do ever one of those, like, ancestry things? or? Like, oh, yeah. I'm all over that. Yeah. Did you do the one, like, because recently they've come out with one where you can pay, like, a little extra money and you can get, like, your health report? No, because I saw one of those that was done and it was silly. I had to do one <laughs> for my, um, for a, an illness that I have. So okay. I've, I've had that run through and that takes a very long time and it is very expensive. Right. Um, the ones that they do through the other ones, I didn't. I you don't want to do it. I've seen others completed and it seemed very generic and yeah. I just, no. Um, I, we've known our family tree for a very long time. So, um, yeah. so I can go back and see that all. Um, when you have royal blood, it's easy to. To go back. I had to work on my mom's side, but on my dad's side, there's royal blood. So that line was never broken and we can see it very easily. Um, That's amazing, though. But uh, my mom's side is. um, Oh, gosh, what do I want to say? West Virginian hillbillies from Ireland. Um, So that was a little more difficult to trace, but um, it's a lot easier when you have the, uh, the higher. But that is so cool that you like kept up with that, like. My family is so small, we didn't really have a lot. Um, so um, 
anyways, years ago when 23andMe came out, um, there was a special where it was like, I don't know, it just was, I, I got my tax return back and I really just want to know more about my family because I didn't know a lot. Um, unfortunately, growing up, I had my mom and dad and then I had both sets of grandma and grandpa, but they, my grandparents all died when I was really young. So, and then we had like these little fights, unfortunately, with um, the family on both sides too. like get that. So like me growing up, I mean, I didn't have cousins to hang out with. Um, I, I, it was just me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. That was it because we had like tiffs on both sides over things. So truthfully, I like, I kind of was resentful for a while about that, but like, I wanted to know more about my family because I knew that we had like, I mean, obviously there's more to know. Um, and, um, anyways, things are resolved now. Just letting you know, um, finally, which is great. Um, we, um, I do speak to some of my cousins and like, we like, it's opened up, but I did the 23 and me and part of it was getting the health thing done. Yeah. And it was just neat because, um, I, I found out some things that like kind of were helpful. I mean, I don't know. One was saying that I, um, if I didn't change my diet, like, I mean, diabetes runs in my family, which mm-hmm. I already knew, yeah. but with like my blood that like, for instance, that like I, I need to go see a doctor and make some changes or, or do something. And when I went to my doctor and like talked to him about it, they're like, yeah, Eric, you are like, you're really close. Like we need to make some changes. And I did. And now I like, I don't have diabetes. I'm fine. I'm not even like close to having it, but like, it was just neat because I don't have it now because of that. Yeah. Anyways. Well, the whole genealogy thing is what brought me to um, the whole Diana Gabaldon and uh, Atlander thing. Um, well, you have an amazing family because story. That, you, because the story line of Outlander is my family story. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of the books that she used to research for that book were stories about my family and books that my family had put together and written. Um, and last names from my family tree are scattered throughout the Outlander series. So... How cool um, is that? So that's what brought me to that. And that's one of the big reasons for the fandom of that one is because, you well, know, yeah. it's my history. That's so cool. That's amazing. Um, okay, we went on a really we big sure tangent. Did. So let's, um, <laughs> let's go on. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so what did we end at, girl? Um, so we were talking. So Mal is Mortsova um, in, in the Mortsova's line. Um, right. She okay. thought it was her, and she's like, "Nope, it was always you." Right. Um, and Mal's not saying anything about it. He's just letting her talk. So, yep the do- the daughter survived. So, um, the family line must have gone down to Mal. Mal and Alina. Uh, okay. So Mal and Alina go to bed together, and Alina says that they will find another way. Talking about like you know, since they just found out he's the amplifier, they're gonna find another way to defeat the Darkling. And Mal just pretty much says, nope, no, we will not. And um, how heartbreaking. But anyways, morning comes. They travel back to Divastolba. And Mal is, he's just kind of like a different person now since he's got that information. 
Um, he is enjoying kissing up on Alina, and he is using his powers to track like no other. Um, He's just enjoying life because he knows it's going to end. Well, yeah, that, I absolutely. And also when you find out, like, I mean, it's just like finding out new information, like, that, like, when you find out, like, you're good at something, I don't know, it's just like, some, I don't know, puts a little pep in your step. Kind of like getting a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I relate to it. <laughs> but, I mean, when I get a new pair of shoes, I'm just like, carefree, my lord. Unless I step in a puddle and then it's over. <laughs> or it's raining. Ugh. Anyways, okay. So, when they arrive, Tamar, um, she got some news, girl. And it ain't good. No. No. They, Tamar lets them know that the Darkling has attack, attacked West Ravka. But because of Nikolai's armies, they were able to evacuate many people in time. So, I mean, there wasn't so much, like, devastation. Right. Um, still, the battle happened, but not a lot of casualties. But that's not the end of it, is it, girl? It's not. Tell me what the rest of it is. Oh, the Darkling marched on Karamzin. Bum, bum, bum. And your heart sinks. Yeah, because that is little baby's home. It is. That I mean, that's got to be, that, that's hard. And don't forget also, I forgot this at first, where did she send all those students? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't think about that until a little bit later. Yeah. At first I was just like, oh my God, it's her hometown. And then I was like, oh crap. Yeah. She's, she was trying to hide the students. So at the start of chapter 15, um, he said, or she's saying that, um, the Darkling put everything to fire, and her first thought is, the students, what about the students? Yeah. And there's no word. No. So Alina is just devastated, obviously. It's Which, heartbreaking. It is. I mean, you think, I mean, there's that's a lot of information. Your hometown, and then all these little kids. Yeah. I mean, so she immediately goes... She likes to go and, you know, um, seclude herself. So she immediately goes upstairs to oh, be alone. Oh, she had a plan. She goes up. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> she so had she, a plan. Yeah. So she goes upstairs to be alone. But truthfully, it is tether time. Mm-hmm. Um, we should come up with a good word for that. But we're f- almost finished with the <laughs> book. So we really shouldn't. But maybe we can. And then we can just use it sometime. But She's um she plans to tether with the Darkland because she's like I'm gonna find out what happened. Yeah, like, what is up with this? Yeah, it's like the Real Housewives. <laughs> like I gotta snatch your wig and we gotta have this out. Let me take my earrings out, girl. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm taking. We're my, doing this right now. Taking my heels off. Let's do this. We are going to fisticuffs. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So she goes into tethering mode or whatever. <laughs> tethering mode. <laughs> Um, tethering mode activate exactly um and she finds the darkling um but um what i always think is so interesting is just like i mean when you do this tethering i mean you go to where they are but you normally can only see them in like good vision everything else is kind of blurry right yeah so um kind of reminds me of like instagram and using that like filter background I don't know where it's some kind of like edit filter where you can like turn background blur. Yeah. Something yes. like that. So, um, but 
When she finds the Darkling this time, she actually can see everything. Did you notice that? I think it's because he touches her. Like, he's like, let me show oh, you. maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So um, he's in Karemzin, and um, he takes her arm or hand or whatever. He grabs her, and he decides to, um, girl, I'm going to give you a little tour. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got your pes- press pass on. Let's go. So, um, please don't um, touch any of the artifacts. Uh, uh, please stay behind the dotted line. Um, and your tour begins now. And the gift shop is at, at the end, so please don't ask. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, they go through Karemzin, um, which is her old hometown, which has got to be just horrifying mm-hmm. because it's destroyed. And you got the Darkling, who's giving her this little tour um so everything is destroyed but the most terrifying part about it um is uh, it's just so sad um the darkling should like i guess they where is it where's this at is it like there's an oak tree oak tree um in front of her old home Oh my god. Um that is like the only thing that is that wasn't on fire. Like the oak tree is still standing so, pretty. So I'm sure it's got plenty of like beautiful memories yes. of her being under there. But the branches are full of bodies. Yeah, there um specifically there are two bodies hanging. And who is it? Uh we have Botkin and Anakuya. Yes. So that's just really sad because he's touched two different parts of her life. I mean, obviously he know Botkin from being like, I mean, for from teaching. But I was a little confused how like I mean, does he know how much Anakuya means to her? She he had to have known. Um and then as I was reading this too, it took me a second and that and it hit me as I was like, I don't know, towards the end of our reading. And then I had to flip back because it was like um a mother for a mother. Yeah, it it absolutely true. That was my next note. It was just like that was that was the closest thing Alina had to a mother. And Bagra's gone. Yeah. So he went and took care of her mother. But ha- but I guess my question is is like I just wonder if he actually knew that or if he just killed her just because um she was just obviously like he she, knew because he knew about he knew Anakuya was like she was I think the closest thing you had to a mother murmured the darkling okay yeah so he he did somehow know either it was between the tether or mm. um just knowing her story like because he's got eyes everywhere. Yeah. But he did know. Which is really sad, um, especially when, they're like, I mean, just just death like that. Um, you know, people, I don't know. It's just sad, especially when places get attacked and they have no reason what's going on or why. Um, but all these deaths happen and they have no clue why they're dying. And it really is over, like, stupid stuff. So um, let's go on. Um Scene two, uh, we've got Alina and the Darkling, and um, you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay, so, curtain up. 
Why? The word was a wail, a child's cry. Why would you do this? How can you do this? Do you feel any of it? I have lived a long life, rich in grief. My tears are long since spent. If I still felt as you do, if I ached as you do, I could not have borne this eternity. I hope Bodkin killed twenty of your Grisha, I sped at him. A hundred. He was an extraordinary man. Where are the students? I made myself ask, though I wasn't sure I could bear the answer. What have you done? Where are you, Alina? I felt sure you would come to me when I moved against West Ravka. I thought your conscience would demand it. I could only hope that this would draw you out. Where are they? I screamed. They are safe, for now. They will be on my skiff when I enter the fold again. As hostages, I said dully. He nodded. In case you get any thoughts of attack rather than surrender, in five days I will return to the unsea, and you will come to me, you and the tracker, or I will drive the fold all the way to West Ravka's coast, and I will march those children one by one to the mercy of the Volkra. This place, these people, they were innocent. I have waited hundreds of years for this moment, for your power, for this chance. I have earned it. With loss and with struggle, I will have it, Alina, whatever the cost. I wanted to claw at him, to tell him I'd seen him torn apart by his own monsters. I wanted to tell him I would bring all the power of Mortsova's amplifiers down on him, an army of light, born of Merzost, perfect in its vengeance. I might be able to do it, too. If Mal gave up his life, there will be nothing left, I whispered. No, he said gently as he folded me in his arms. He pressed a kiss to the top of my hair. I will strip away all that you know, all that you love, until you have no shelter but me. In grief, in horror, I let myself break apart. End scene. So that was um pretty good stuff. Just because, I mean, obviously, whenever the Darkling and Alina are pissed at each other, that's some juicy stuff. So, um... So she's got five days. Yep, five days. So we got a timeline. You know, start that timer. So Tamar, Jinya, Nadia, and Zoya console her as she tells them who the Darkling has killed and what kind of has just happened. Like, I mean, she just kind of got out of, like, that tether thing and, like, found out all this information. So, I mean, she's back into reality. And, you know, her girls are there, um, her family. So um, Alina tells them that they have five days, obviously, as we know, for Alina and Mal to join the Darkling. Mal points out that the Darkling will expand the fold no matter what, and if she is so willing to sacrifice herself, then she should allow Mal to do the same. Well, that, I understand, like, Mal's just, I don't know, he's, I understand Mal's point on that. Anyways, I got a quick quote. His face went hard. He seized my wrist, and again I felt that jolt. Light cascaded behind my eyes, as if my whole body were ready to crack open with it. Unspeakable power lay behind that door, and Mal's death would open it. End quote. So, <clears throat> I just have that there just because, I mean, every time they're touching, they've got this power going on. <laughs> and um, that's got to be driving her a little crazy. But also, Mal is just, I mean, he wants to, he sees... 
I feel like he sees his purpose now. Yes. Yeah, and Alina's not ready for that. Ginya then tells um, them that David and her might have come up with an idea. Everyone listens to Ginya and David as they explain their idea to use, and what it is, it's to use Alina's power to bend light, like the bittern. Um, when they were flying and trying to escape the Darkling, and they used the bittern to like have the light like go around the ship. So if you looked up at the sky, it just kind of looked weird. It just kind of looked like you're almost looking at the sun. Um, kind of made them look invisible. So that's what Jenny and David think. That's their idea. Yeah. So um, and then we have this cute little scene of um, this little boy running around and Alina oh. like um, trying to make him disappear as he's running around. Yeah. And then Tolia like well, try it with me. Yes. <laughs> it was it was a cute little funny scene and all of this. Oh well, it, I agree. And there are a lot of cute little scenes in there. Um, so one thing that is different about this bending the light is so one she practiced on a boot before she did the whole like skiff thing. This they are wanting her her to bend light around a group of people on the fold. Yeah. So that's huge. So they come up with a plan to, they've got to come up with a plan. And they come up with one plan is to attack the Darkling soldiers on the fold while secretly sneaking onto his glass skiff and getting the children to safety and then blowing up his skiff. Mal does not like this plan, but the Grishas say how he is one of them now and... They should have to. They should have the opportunity to save his life. Sorry, that came out wrong. What I was trying to say is, Mal just kind of really wants to like just die, and the Grisha are like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, you're one of us now. We're gonna save you too. Yeah, we're not gonna let right. you give yourself up." So Mal agrees as long as they promise to use the third amplifier if things don't go as planned. So that makes sense. I mean, if yeah. things go wrong. Kill me, use my bones, which is so weird. I mean, just thinking about it, <laughs> use my bones. Um, there's this one really short quote, but Anakuya used to tell me that hope was tricky like water. Somehow it always found a way in. I just thought that, um, end quote, I just thought that was a really yeah, good line. That's a, that's a nice little line. So they travel back to Karieva. Alina practices bending light on Misha in a field. She, um, she needs to keep practicing to get all the angles right because it's just a person. It's it's hard. Twelve soldiers answer Alina's message from the apparat um, because she sent one asking for f- more men. Um, and who shows up? Ruby and Vladim, the priest guard she branded was is Vladim, by the way. And she learns that the apparat tried to hide the message from them, and only. 12 were able to escape and come to Alina's aid. So the apparat is still being creepy. Yes. So here's a quote. No army, no allies. We had only three more days until we were to face the Darkling. We would take our chances, and if we failed, there would be no more options. I would murder the only person I'd ever loved and who had ever loved me. I'd dive back into battle wearing his bones. So that's the end of that chapter. Um... Chapter 17, um, let's get into it, um, and just, um, 16, chapter 16, I'm sorry, did I say the wrong chapter? Okay. 
So it's chapter 16. Okay. So the decision to enter the fold from the west side and meet the Darkling there. Um, Alina leaves Tolia and the Soldat Soul while the rest fly across the fold to secure some kind of lodging before Alina returns to guide the soldiers across. They find an abandoned apple farm and a large farm and leave David and Jenya with Misha setting up and making blasting powders with Lumia while the rest travel back across the fold to wait for the others to arrive on horseback while they are waiting. Nikolai comes to Alina again and here is where we do scene three. So obviously Nikolai's in this. So this is interesting. So this is where um, we both just kind of take different parts of reading. It's not really um, split up in so much of, parts because Nikolai's not really talking um so anyways enjoy scene scene three curtain up (laughs) I heard a soft scraping sound behind me I turned and froze Nikolai was perched atop a high rock he was cleaner than he had been but he wore the same ragged trousers. His taloned feet gripped the ridge of the rock, and his shadow wings beat gently at the air, his gaze black and unreadable. I'd been hoping he would show himself again, but now I wasn't sure what to do. Had he been watching us? What had he seen? How much had he understood? Carefully, I reached into my pocket, afraid any sudden movement might make him bolt. I held out my hand, the Lansov emerald resting on my palm. He frowned, a line appearing between his brows, then folded his wings and leapt soundlessly from the rock. It was hard not to back away. I didn't want to be afraid, but the way he moved was so inhuman. He stalked toward me slowly, eyes focused on the ring. When he was less than a foot away, he cocked his head to one side. Despite the black eyes and the inky lines that coursed up his neck, he still had an elegant face his mother's fine cheekbones, the strong jaw that must have come from his ambassador father. His frown deepened. Then he reached out and plucked the emerald up in his claws. It's... The words died on my lips. Nikolai turned my palm over and slid the ring onto my finger. My breath caught between a laugh and a sob. He knew me. I couldn't stop the tears that welled in my eyes. He pointed to my hand and made a sweeping gesture. It took me a second to grasp his meaning. He was imitating the way I moved when I summoned. You want me to call the light? His face stayed blank. I let sunlight pool in my palm. This? The glow seemed to galvanize him. He seized my hand and slapped it against his chest. I tried to draw away, but he held my hand in place. His grip was vice-like made stronger by whatever monstrous thing the Darkling had placed inside him. I shook my head. No. Again, he slapped my hand against his chest, the movement almost frantic. I don't know what my power will do to you, I protested. The corner of his mouth curled, the faintest suggestion of Nikolai's wry smile. I could almost hear him say, Really, lovely, what could be worse? Behind my hand, his heart beat steady and human. I released a long breath. All right, I said, I'll try. I summoned the barest bit of light, letting it flow through my palm. 
He winced, but held my hand firmly in place. I pushed a little harder, trying to direct the light into him, thinking of the spaces between, letting it seep through his skin. The black cracks on his torso began to recede. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. Could it possibly be this simple? It's working, I gasped. He grimaced, but waved me on, asking for more. I called the light into him, watching the black veins fade and recoil. He was panting now, his eyes closed. A low, pained whine rose from his throat. His grip around my wrist was iron. Nikolai. Then I felt something push back, as if the darkness within him was fighting. It shoved against the light, all at once. The cracks exploded outward, just as dark as before, like the roots of a tree drinking deep of poisoned water. Nikolai flinched and shoved away from me with a frustrated snarl. He looked down at his chest, misery carved into his features. It was no good. Only the cut worked on the Nichevoya. It might well destroy the thing inside Nikolai, but it would kill him too. His shoulders slumped, his wings roiling in the same shifting movement as the fold. We'll think of something. David will come up with a solution, or we'll find a healer. He dropped to his haunches, elbows resting on his knees, face buried in his hands. Nikolai had seemed infinitely capable, confident in his belief that every problem had a solution, and he would be the one to find it. I couldn't bear seeing him this way, broken and defeated for the first time. I approached him cautiously and crouched down. He wouldn't meet my eyes. Tentatively, I reached out and touched his arm, ready to draw back if he startled or snapped. His skin was warm, the feel of it unchanged despite the shadows lurking beneath it. I slipped my arms around him, careful of the wings that rustled at his back. I'm sorry, I whispered. He dropped his forehead to my shoulder. I'm sorry, so sorry, Nikolai. He released a small, shuddering sigh. Then he inhaled and tensed. He turned his head. I felt his breath on my neck, the scrape of one of his teeth beneath my jaw. Nikolai? His arms clamped around me, his claws dug into my back. There was no mistaking the growl that issued from his chest. I pushed away from him and shot to my feet. Stop, I said harshly. His hands flexed. His lips had pulled back to reveal his onyx fangs. I knew what I saw in him. Appetite. Don't, I pleaded. This isn't you. You can control this. He took a step toward me. Another rumbling animal growl rolled through him. I lifted my hands. Nikolai, I said warningly. I will put you down. I saw the moment that reason returned. His face crumpled in horror at what he'd wanted to do, at what some part of him probably still wanted to do. His body was trembling with the desire to feed. His black eyes brimmed with flickering shadows. Were they tears? He clenched his fists, threw back his head. The the tendons in his neck knotted, and he released an echoing shriek of helplessness and rage. I'd heard it before when the Darkling summoned the Nichevoya, the rending of the fabric of the world, the cry of something that should not be. He launched himself into the air and hurtled straight for the fold. End scene. So, that was a long one. I'm sorry, (laughs) but actually I'm not sorry. I just, that's a lot of really good information, a lot of good writing, but that's our first time, like, you know, seeing, like, Alina trying to communicate with Nikolai. 
I mean, and trying to get that thing out of him. Exactly. Um, he's got black teeth, by the way, like black fangs. That's a little scary. Um, but we see he's still in there. Yes, that's we, the important part. Is that there is still human there? We know that. The other come. Um, the others come running, and Alina admits um, that Nikolai has been following her. Alina and Mal have the serious conversation about Alina having to murder him. So that <laughs> awkward. Is, yes, awkward. <laughs> so the rest of the day, Alina practices bending her light on the fold. Um, everyone is practicing and getting ready. Mal takes Alina to a place where they can speak freely. And this is where we do our scene four. And I believe this is where we end it. So this is our last scene. And this is um, after we're done with the scene. This is our last part of our reading. Yes. And get your parents out of the room. Yes. Do. Because um, it's about to get real awkward up in here. Mm-hmm. Juicy. So. <laughs> Um, Awkward, juicy, whatever. Get ready. Get your wonger. <laughs> okay. So, Curtin. Oh, by the way, um, we've got Alina is being played by Terry, and I'm playing Mal. I think you've always figured that out. But anyways. Um, okay. Curtin up. Do you ever wonder what it might have been like if the Grisha examiners had discovered your power back at Karamzin? Sometimes. Ravka would be different. Maybe not. My power was useless before we found the stag. Without you, we might never have located any of Moritzova's amplifiers. You'd be different, he said. I put the delicate frames aside and flipped through the columns of numbers and tidy handwriting. What kind of person might I have been? Would I have become friends with Jinya or simply seen her as a servant? Would I have had Zoya's confidence, her easy arrogance? What would the Darkling have been to me? I can tell you what would have happened, I said. Go on. I closed the diary and turned back to Mal, perching on the edge of the desk. I would have gone to the little palace and been spoiled and pampered. I would have dined off of golden plates and I never would have struggled to use my power. I would have been, it would have been like breathing, the way it always should have been. And in time, I would have forgotten Karamzin. And me? Never you. He raised a brow. Possibly you, I admitted. He laughed. The Darkling would have sought Moritzova's amplifiers, fruitlessly, hopelessly, until one day a tracker, a no one, an Okazatsia orphan, traveled into the ice of Siberia. Siberia. You're assuming I didn't die on the fold. In my version, you were never sent into the fold. When you tell the story, you can die tragically. In that case, carry on. This nobody, this nothing, this pathetic orphan... I get it. He would be the first to spot the stag after centuries of searching. So, of course the Darkling and I would have to travel to Sibeya in his great black coach. In the snow? His great black sleigh, I amended. And when we arrived at Chernast, your unit would be led into, into our exalted presence. Are we allowed to walk or do we wiggle in on our bellies like the lowly worms we are? You walk, but you do it with a lot of deference. It, I would be seated on a raised dais and I would wear jewels in my hair and a golden kefta. Not black? I paused. Maybe black. 
It wouldn't matter, Mal said. I still wouldn't be able to stop looking at you. I laughed. No, you would be making eyes at Zoya. Zoya's there? Isn't she always? He smiled. I would have noticed you. Of course you would. I'm the sun summoner after all. You know what I mean. I looked down, brushing petals off of the desk. Did you ever notice me at Karamzin? He was silent for a long moment, and when I glanced at him, he was looking up at the glass ceiling. He'd gone red as a beet. Mao? He cleared his throat, crossed his arms. As a matter of fact, I did. I had some very distracting thoughts about you. You did? I sputtered. And I felt guilty for every one of them. You were supposed to be my best friend, not... He shrugged and turned even redder. Idiot. That fact is well established and adds nothing to the plot. Well, I said, taking another swipe at the petals, it wouldn't matter if you noticed me, because I would have noticed you. A lowly Otkazatsya. That's right, I said quietly. I didn't feel like teasing him anymore. And what would you have seen? A soldier. Cocky, scarred, extraordinary. And that would have been our beginning. He rose and closed the distance between us. And this still would have been our end. He was right. Even in dreams, we had no future. If we somehow both survived tomorrow, I would have to seek an alliance and a crown. Mal would have to find a way to keep his, inher- his heritage a secret. Gently, he took my face in his hands. I would have been different too without you. Weaker. Reckless. He smiled slightly. Afraid of the dark. He brushed the tears from my cheeks. I wasn't sure when they'd started, but no matter who or what I was, I would have been yours. I kissed him then, with grief and need and years of longing, with the desperate hope that I could keep him here in my arms, with the damning knowledge that I could not. I leaned into him, the press of his chest, the breadth of his shoulders. Going to miss this, he said as he kissed my cheeks, my jaw, my eyelids. The way you taste. He set his lips to the hollow beneath my ear. The way you smell. His hand slid up my back. The way you feel. My breath hitched as his hip settled against mine. Then he drew back, searching my eyes. I wanted more for you, he said. A white veil in your hair. Vows we could keep. A proper wedding night? Just tell me this isn't goodbye. That's the only vow I need. I love you, Alina. He kissed me again. He hadn't answered, but I didn't care because his mouth was on mine, and in this moment I could pretend I wasn't a savior or a saint, that I could simply choose him, have a life, be in love, that we wouldn't have one night, we would have thousands. I pulled him down with me, easing his body over mine, feeling the cold floor at my back. He had a soldier's hands, rough and calloused heating my skin, sending hungry sparks through my body that made me lift my hips to try to bring him closer. I pulled his shirt over his head, letting my fingers trail over the smooth edges of his muscled back, feeling the lightly raised lines of the words that marked him. But when he slid the fabric of my blouse from my arms, I stiffened, feeling suddenly, painfully aware of every wrong thing about me, jutting bones, two small breasts, skin pale and dry as an onion, Then he cupped my cheek, his thumb tracing my lip. You're all I've ever wanted, he said. You are the whole of my heart. I saw myself then, sour, 
silly, difficult, lovely in his eyes. I drew him to me, felt him shudder as our bodies came together, skin against skin, felt the heat of his lips, his tongue, hands moving until the need between us grew taut and anxious as a bowstring waiting for release. He clasped his hand to my wrist and my mind filled with light. All I saw was Mao's face. All I felt was his body above me, around me, an awkward rhythm at first, then slow and steady as the beat of the rain. It was all we needed. It was all we would ever have. End scene. Whew. They did it. They did. So, um... And that's it! Yeah, that was, um... That is it for our reading section. So, let's move on into... Greasy Cast News! So, despite all the rumors, there is no specific release date, but it is known that Shadow and Bone on Netflix will be airing at the end of 2020, not 2021, like rumors are spreading. Somebody saw, um, I guess, like, I think it was like the count of how many people liked the page, so they thought that that was showing the year. Weird. Yeah, so... um, But we need it now more than ever. Yes, but we know it's coming. Um, They're completely done filming, so they are just in process of putting it together. Which is good, because they've stopped filming everything now because of this coronavirus. I thought the same thing. So we're so glad that it's done at this point. Not because that means that we get it sooner, but also because like we can actually finish it and it's done. And hopefully they're just doing all their little editing and we're good to go. Exactly. We won't have to wait. Um, So keep looking out. I'm excited about it. Um, Another thing, Lee, um, if you're looking for something else to read, by the way, um, if you've read all of Lee's stuff and you're like me and you like to read other things as well, um, uh, Lee put out a tweet that she recommends reading The Cruel Prince Trilogy by Holly Black while we wait for new Grishaverse books, n- news, and the TV premiere. And I agree with that 100% because I am reading that. So um, I'm on the second one. I'm on The Wicked King. It's very different. It's actually kind of cool because I grew up... Ba- um, kind of being obsessed with fairies um especially like i don't know those artsy books um by brian froud yeah so um this is all about like a world of fairies so it's kind of neat it's i've never read a book like this before um kind of cool um also very dark you wouldn't think so but it's all about fairies but dark so um also lee's coming or something she's gonna be a part of this podcast mm-hmm. yeah so we need your help or we would we don't need it but we would love it we would like to have you involved in this exactly if you would like to um since you are our, our listeners and we wouldn't be grisha cast without you if you have any questions or anything that you just want to know i we would love to be able to ask that question for you um so we are still trying to put this whole situation together, but we have been in contact with her team, and, I mean, we're we're getting it all together. So so you can DM us on our socials. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also email us at info at com. Exactly. And we will give you a date 
later on. Uh, yes, when we pin it down. Yeah, just to have all that information sent in. So um, now, a great part. Let's do some listener thank yous. Our first is from Instagram. Woo-hoo! And we have a huge shout out to Parima Donna. She has been so active and super supportive. So we want to thank you so, so much. Yes, thank you. She really has. She is... Um, She's commented a lot. She's a she's a sweet girl. So thank you for um thank you for everything. She's one of our OGs. She is. And then we have somebody on Twitter. We've got Mary Wolzen at M at M Wolzen. And by the way, if I like butcher your name, I'm so sorry. That's just me. I love you. Um, but I just whew, I can barely read sometimes. Anyways, um Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for commenting. It just means a lot. It just commenting helps us know that you care and that you're paying attention and that you you like what we're doing. And we love interacting with you all. We do. We really do. So, um, anyways, we're gonna end this show. But before we do, um, I do want to say please do rate us on Apple Podcast. Um, that helps us out quite a bit. I think there's a way to rate us on Spotify, but I think it's more complicated, so you might as well just go to Apple Podcast. <laughs> rate us on anything you can find. Yes. And before we go, I've got a Feared and Mary kill for Miss Terry over here. Uh-oh. Yes. So, Feared and Mary kill Nikolai, Jenya, and David. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now since you now since we're at the end of the third book, I mean, you know more about these characters. I mean, it's just it's a little bit harder. All right, I'm going to marry Nikolai. Okay. Um, because I'm gonna be a queen and I'm gonna have that emerald and I can talk to him forever. Um, I'm going to Fjordan Jinya because she's cute and fun. Hmm. And then maybe there could be some, I'm not going to go there. Um, and then I'm going to kill David. Aww. I know, I know, I know. He's he's useful, but I just, I don't have a crush on him. Well, and I don't have the need for jewelry from him. I've already got the emerald, so. It's hard. It is. Cure to marry, kill. One person has to die. But if I can have Nikolai and Jenya, I mean, that's like. Oh, I'm that's okay your with world, that. Girl. <laughs> I'm all right with that. That's all you. So, before we leave, next week's chapters are the end. <laughs> the end. Finish the book. It is chapters 17, 18, and after. after. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, finish it up and we will discuss it. And just to let you know, you're lucky because this upcoming Friday, you'll be getting. Two podcasts. You don't have to wait a week. Exactly. So we're saying next week, but really, just press play. (laughs) (laughs) Next week is here quickly. So um, anyways, you all have a wonderful day, evening, whatever. Thank you so much. Be safe. Wash your hands. Be kind to one another. Yes. Moi sabayanyi. Bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. 
Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at Grisha Podcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast.